Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show, presented by Benham Jim and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Rachel Thor, the future first female gym in NHL history. Rachel, it's the best time of the year. Playoffs are upon us. The first round, I think, is, the unfortunately for the NHL's sake, the best round because, man, there's just so much hockey, so much intrigue, drama, and we're here to, to tee you up for it all uh, from the betting perspective. Rachel, let's just hop right into it, shall we? Can we discuss that we have staggered start times? So if you place oh, bets, you man. can actually watch all of the teams that you bet on. This is great. It is the most beautiful. Like, oh man, it takes. I'm glad they did it for the playoffs. It's it's amazing. Um, let's start with uh, in the East with the biggest uh, the biggest series in terms of uh, a you know the President's Trophy winner team here. Uh, it's the Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers. Now you would think the the Bruins would be the heavy favorite, and they likely still are, but. There's a sickness going around the Boston Bruins room right now. They don't have a starting goalie named, considering the fact that we're recording this on Monday at 1.16 p.m. They're playing in about six hours, less than six hours. Yeah. They don't have any set lines or a starting goalie because guys are sick. Rachel, how much does this impact, you know, like even just the betting, the betting lines moving forward here? Yeah, so it's it's huge. There are some um, betting markets that actually have locked the game so that you can't bet on it. It's probably Cowards. the smart thing to do. Um, Patrice Bergeron is questionable for game one. That is uh, alarming, to say the least. Um, Boston is not as deep up the middle. Obviously, you've got David Krejci, who is going to play. Um, but that's that's a problem. Like Obviously, Boston was still great down the stretch, even without Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. Now Taylor Hall is back. The addition of Tyler Bertuzzi, he's been really, really good for them. Um, just adding to the long list of pests in the Bruins mm -hmm. organization. Um, but I think it depends on who's sick, right? Is it Tyler Bertuzzi or is it Hampus Lindholm? Well, they is said it... that Patrice Bergeron is in particular feeling under the weather today. Right. So is it Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak? Or is it Patrice Bergeron, but he'll be ready for game two? Like, I think there are, for game one, I think it impacts the series. It's probably a little bit closer but on the whole, first of all, wear a mask. You don't want to get sick when you're trying to win the cup. Like, mm -hmm. just take the precaution at this point if something's going through the room. Um, that's kind of what I would be doing. Also, all of the vitamins imaginable. But I do think that Boston still wins this series. Um, they're obviously going to do their very best in terms of IV and fluids and and various other types of things. But if you look at it, Boston has the edge and gold, a very clear edge on defense with two Norris candidates. Uh, they've got the scoring edge. They've got the pest edge. Like I saw something written about how Matthew Kachuk um, is going to get under the skin of the Bruins. And I'm like, the Bruins have four equivalents of Matthew Kachuk in terms of pestness. So I don't think that that's necessarily going to be as big of a factor as, as people are making it out to be. Um, but as long as Boston has their marquee guys, the Pasternak's McAvoy's Lindholm's and their goaltending holds up. I still think this is Boston series to lose quite frankly, before the sickness, I had this as a four game series. Mm -hmm. um, even with a sickness, I think maximum it goes six. Yeah. I maximum. 
Like if this Ma- goes, like max. If this goes six, especially with Alex Lyon in net, look, he's had a great run, but like, you know, this is again another goalie. We're talking about sample size here, and like, the, if yeah, it we're goes talking six, about the big bad Bruins here. Like, this is not exactly a run of the mill team. We're talking about the best regular season team this league has ever seen. Absolutely. Should we move on to the next series, or do you have anything else? That's pretty much all I got for you. Sweet. All right. Carolina and the New York Islanders. This is another series in which you would think, you know, Carolina, they are, they would be, you know, just with how they finished the regular season, you know, far and away uh, the favorite here. But, you know, obviously they only had like three games of Pacioretty, but no Pacioretty. Um, no Svechnikov, who is their their top, I would say, like offensive threat, really. I mean, Martin Cash had an incredible season, but this is Andre Svechnikov we're talking about. And anti-ranta starting there's a lot of intrigue in this one yeah i think the series is gonna be a lot closer um than the like two versus seven would would have you think um obviously the biggest chasm is one guy probably should win the vesna and the other guy is a one b at best i would say and if you look at how Ilya sorokin has played down the stretch he's the reason the islanders are in the playoffs he was absolutely fantastic i think last i checked he had like a 942 save percentage in the last three weeks which is incredible him and igor shesterkin have just said you know what we are going to be really good in the last stretch of the season i mm-hmm. think with carolina um they didn't end up getting timo meyer they've lost their two they they're without their two best scoring threats in shvechnikov and patretti like you said and so if you're going to beat a guy like Ilya sorokin you need to have guys that have that natural scoring talent. And I think that is going to be a bit of an issue. The one area where Carolina clearly has the advantage is the shot, like the possession game, right? Carolina is one of the top possession teams for years running. Now the Islanders have historically struggled. They weren't fantastic defensively um, through some parts of this year, whereas Carolina has, they've really established their style of play and they're able to impose it really well. The other thing you have is Rod Brindamore, who is one of the best coaches in the league versus Lane Lambert, who is a rookie coach in the Mm. national hockey league. He has not been the head coach of a playoff series uh, team yet. And I think that factor cannot be undersold. If you look at when Sheldon Keefe and John Cooper went up against each other, experience does matter. And so I think Rod Brindamore, if there's any coach that's able to kind of like push the buttons and mitigate, um, some scoring factors it is Brindamore however if Carolina is to succeed in this series one they're going to have to hope that Matthew Barzell does not come back and does not have any level of uh, success so that really forces them to lean on Horvat and Nelson but you're also going to need Aho, Nichash, Jarvis and probably some scoring from your back end some contributions maybe from your a uh, Jordan Stahl um, to get by here because Ilya Sorokin is a formidable task to sort of overcome. And, and that's something that I don't think can be taken for granted. hundred percent. I mean, this, like, like you said, the Sorokin factor here, it's the biggest thing. Like he could, you know, we've all seen he goalies. Steal a series. Exactly. We've seen goalies steal series and Ilya Sorokin is, you know, he will likely be nominated for the Vesna. It would be a travesty if he's not. And uh, I think, yeah, he, he's, this could be, this could be very much uh a series in danger of of a, a team that might be better on paper getting goalied pretty hard. I mean, um, yeah, it happened all those years ago when Yaroslav Halak goalied Washington. That was an eight versus one seed. Mm-hmm. And that team had Ovechkin on it. Um, Carolina does not have anything close to Alex Ovechkin. Nobody does. 
Um, and so you look at that and I do think this is going to be a long series. I absolutely see this one going six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Absolutely. All right. Next series, Toronto and Tampa, Toronto and five. All right, moving on. We got, uh, no, cannot do that, but, uh, yeah, Toronto, the Maple Leafs and Tampa, obviously, you know, the Leafs trying to, uh, to get over that hump. Um, they haven't won a series since Rachel and I were both in grade three. Um, which is insane. We are 27 years old now, um, which is pretty I have nuts. friends that have children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Friends that have children. Um, yeah. It, and I'm, yeah, crazy. And um, meanwhile, Tampa, you know, it looks like this, at least, you know, based on the end of the regular season, a team that is just kind of limping into the playoffs, almost literally as well. Like Tanner Geno somehow is skating today um, after it looked like, after his leg turned into like an isosceles triangle. Um, during that I'm not even sure if that's the right why just it's the funniest sounding triangle but um, he is skating today but it seems as if the Leafs are the clear favorites here yeah so there was a story Pierre Lebrun talks to a bunch of executives and coaches and I think the score was like 14 to 4 they had Toronto winning and immediately I was like that scares me Um, here's the thing Andre Vasilevsky exists and he seems to do this thing where in the playoffs, no matter how tired he is, he seems to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is one of those situations where that is a distinct possibility of being a thing. Um, so you can never, you count Andre Vasilevsky out at your own peril is basically yes. what I'm saying here. This is not going to be a short series. Once again, six or seven, um, I think. Does, is Toronto better up front? Yes. Is Toronto better on the back end? Absolutely yes. this year. Victor Hedman has had a down year. Mikhail Sergachev, um, the same. And and kind of there, Eric Chernak is good, but he's kind of had his level brought up by those two guys in playoffs past. They also don't have Luke Shen. He plays for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of relying on an Ian Cole. And, and that's an issue. And then Nick you've Perbix. got... Like, you know, guys yeah. like that. Then you've got the issue of Tanner Janot and based on the gruesomeness that that looked like um, there is no way he's 100% coming back into the lineup. Like it just is not that whatever happened there does not heal in a week. That's just not how that works. So he's probably 80, maybe percent. Um, but you look at it and when you have three straight years of really long, tiresome playoff hockey, Yes, there is a chance you're tired. But at the same time, count Tampa out at your own peril. This is one of those things where it's Tampa, you have to believe in them until you prove until they prove to you that you can't. And with Toronto, you don't believe in them until they prove to you that you should. And so for me, this is a a, a coin toss series. Um, I think Vasilevsky could be a difference maker, but at the same time, I do think Toronto is better equipped from a skater perspective to have more success. Guys like Ryan O'Reilly, even Sam Lafferty, Noel Achari, I think the addition of Jake McCabe is going to really be helpful. Luke Shen, you look at the special teams and how they play, I think Toronto is harder to play against, which is a sentiment that's kind of gone around the NHL. Sheldon Keefe has them playing a more playoff success style of hockey, so I do believe that Toronto will win the series, but at the same time, are we going to be surprised if Tampa wins? No, absolutely not. Yeah, look, it is 
I think when it comes to the Leafs in any playoff series, they could be playing, you know, like literally. A, a, they could be playing Arizona and I would still be like, well. They could be playing like my double A hockey team in the GTHL and I'd still be like, it's a coin flip. But taking like everything that should that everything into account, like, you know, you look at these two teams, how they're matched up, how they play. I do think the Leafs are like they're 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 the heavy favorites in this. I think The Leafs and- have the advantage on paper and on ice. Tampa has the advantage in the between what? the ears yeah and sometimes that can really make a huge difference but if everything falls as it should and keep in mind it doesn't ever tend to do Usually. that believes but if everything falls as it should they should uh they should finally conquer their demon this year we will see um we just talked about this on the uh on staff on the staff and grab podcast with our new hockey news uh new york rangers correspondent johnny lazarus but it's new york rangers and the new jersey devils aka the most likely the most entertaining series of the first round. Yeah, this is, you've got the city rivalry where like everybody in Newark hates everybody from Manhattan. You've got the fans chanting wildly inappropriate things in both buildings, Um, super expensive playoff tickets. You've got New Jersey, which is like a fast rush running gun team versus the Rangers who play more of that playoff style, heavy possession cycle hockey um, and you've got Igor Shishterkin versus Vitek Vanacek. And that, very similar to Auntie Ranta, could be a problem because Igor Shishterkin um, has a 9-3-9 the last three weeks. And we've all seen what Igor can do in the playoffs when he mm-hmm. feels like being King Igor. Um, it's one of those things where I think this is going to be a fantastic series. And it's just going to be which team is able to impose their game more successfully? Is it going to be the physicality of the New York Rangers leaning on some of the smaller players like Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt? Or is are those New Jersey players like Hughes and Bratt and Mercer going to be able to use their speed and skill to their advantage? I think if this game, this series is played run and gun, New Jersey has the clear advantage. Mm-hmm. If this series is played in the trenches per se, the Rangers have the clear advantage there. Um, the kid line for the Rangers could be a huge factor. They were last year in the playoffs. I expect that they will be a factor in this series. I will be really, really interested to see how Jack Hughes fares. We have seen smaller players struggle in their first go around in the playoffs. He might be the exception to that rule because he is just that good. Um, but I do think that the Rangers are going to have to rely on guys like Panarin and Tarasenko to make the scoring difference for them. And then on the back end, you need to have that physicality, whether it's from Lindgren or Truba or uh, Nico Mikola. Um, and Igor Shosturkin's going to have to play 939 hockey. If that happens, I think the Rangers win. But if New Jersey is able to impose their will, I think the Devils win. Amazing. All right, moving on to the Western Conference now, the Oilers and the Kings. And look, like basically all of our all of our analysis here could be boiled down to the Oilers of Connor McDavid. Like they, I have never heard of him. Uh, no, no one ever has. But he is uh, like the Oilers of Connor McDavid. This is a this is a legitimate in real life, you know, uh, not a not a video game or a simulation cheat code that we have in hockey. The closest thing where I think we might ever get to it. And this is Connor McDavid. He can sway a series on his own. He can sway games on his own. Um, basically, they're, they're like, how much else can we really dig into to Edmonton here without just mentioning that, hey, Connor McFreaking David? 
Yeah, like I think in years past we've said it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, and a bunch of merry men. And yeah. I think this year for the first time, that's not the case. Now they have Zach Hyman. They have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, both who had 100-point seasons or Zach Hyman very close. Matthias Ekholm's addition, Ken Holland deserves a ton of credit for actually going out and expending assets and getting that stabilizing presence on the back end. If you look at how their back end measures up now versus before they had Ekholm, their power play is better. Their Darnell Nurse does not have to play the same amount of matchup minutes that he did prior to Ekholm's arrival. Ekholm has been there before. He's been to a cup final. He's been leaned on heavily in matchup minutes. He is going to be someone that Edmonton's going to need to rely on to be that steadying presence on the back end. Evan Bouchard has really taken another step this year. So what you have is an Edmonton team that has Connor McDavid, who took another step somehow, and a bunch of guys around him who are able to support him. If Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Matthias Ekholm and Stuart Skinner perform to the level they're capable of, this is an Edmonton in six for me. I think LA has an interesting dynamic, though, because they have Kopitar and Deneau, who are two of the best shutdown centers in the league, who are going to be tasked with shutting down two of the best offensive players in the league. So mm -hmm. that's an intriguing matchup for me. Um, the goaltending with both teams is wildly erratic, so yeah. I'm not even going to attempt to handicap that or analyze that because you just don't know Stuart Skinner has been good of late but what's to say that's going to continue like you just don't know but what you do know is McDavid's going to be good and Dreisaitl's going to be good and Kopitar is going to be good and Doughty is going to be good like these are the things that you know and so I do think it's going to be entertaining I think Edmonton comes out on top because they have the ultimate difference maker yeah that's that's really that's that should be the title of his autobiography one day, like the ultimate difference maker. That's what he is, you know. So, you know, we can we can discuss all the the mitigating factors here, you know, how they the special teams and the you know everything else. But man, they have Connor McDavid. Like they have. I the think he probably gets nuke. one and a half points per game in the playoffs, which is wild. Yeah. Well, he he was basically averaging two last playoffs, and, I, and he's he like both statistically and just from eye test look is better than last year. So. He's primed. He's ready. Um, all right. We got the Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken. The, the, the Seattle Kraken, they're making their playoff debut. Um, might not be a long one, but they got there. And, and credit to them. Yeah, I think um, Seattle's in tough. Like to get Colorado, who was basically injured all year and then sort of tried and found their way um, to the top of the division. Like your reward for your first playoff appearance in franchise history is Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Um, I think honestly, like poor Seattle, their goaltending has been up and down. Um, whereas Georgiev has been really steady for Colorado. Um, we needn't discuss how good McKinnon, Rantanen and McCarr are. Everybody knows. And if you don't, um, they're good. Let me just let, we'll lay that one out. Yeah. Um, Vince Dunn has been great for Seattle this year. Jared McCann, 40-goal season. Incredible. The quietest 40-goal season ever, maybe. Yeah, honestly, him and Braden Point, 50-goal season. Sorry, mm -hmm. what? Yeah, um, no one's talking about it. <laughs> exactly. So those are two of like the quieter players. But Jared McCann and Matty Beniers are going up against the likes of Nathan McKinnon, Valeri Nachushkin, Miko Rantanen, like even Evan Rodriguez has looked really good for Colorado. I think that they're going to really struggle because Colorado can play 
a run and gun game. They can play a heavy possession game. They can play defensively. They can shut you down and then they can just turn on the Jets. Nathan McKinnon destroyed lives in his last game of the year, scored a hat trick. Kale McCarr is Kale McCarr. And then you add players like Devon Taves and Bowen Byram. Like Colorado is a, a beast and they they even though they're without Gabriel Landeskog, I still think they're going to be too much for Seattle. I've got Colorado in like five or six here. Yeah, I, six is a stretch, man. Like yeah, six is like six. If, something went wrong if it's yeah. getting to six. Like six, this is six ugh. is Alexander Georgiev forgets how to play hot. Exactly, and like they look, we've seen them do it before, so it's not impossible. But like this is like the Avalanche. Aside from Gabriel Landeskog, and it's a gosh darn tragedy that he hasn't played at all during the season and he won't for the rest of the playoffs but keep in mind he does have a stanley cup ring that will hold him and, and keep him warm at night um but like this is a this is a healthy team they're getting everyone back basically every like and this is an avalanche team that i don't think i think for they've had for maybe like 10 games they're they're uh, well i mean Lance guy hasn't played at all so zero games have had their optimal lineup but i mean taking him out of the equation because you know he, he hasn't been here like they've never they basically haven't played all hands on deck and now they're getting the, all those hands on deck i think it'll be tough for seattle and like martin jones to i think they'll be a tough out regardless of who they play colorado yeah oh absolutely yeah absolutely um all right winnipeg and vegas um look interesting series here probably the most like maybe other other aside from that ah, you know i would say probably the most low-key series here like the one that i would say not a lot of people are talking about, um, but let's do, let's, let's talk about it. And Vegas is doing the, the Nikita Kucherov special here um, by Mark Stone, miraculously regaining his, his strength and health right when the salary cap uh, does not need to come into effect here. Incredible. He, he I feel like, I feel like it's, it's a little different um, because Mark Stone actually tried to play through a very serious back injury, which is a terrible idea. I have a piece do up on the hockey that, news. Stop playing through serious injuries. Like they're bad. I don't think he's going to be ready till probably game two or three of the series. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Nikita Kucherov, Tampa deliberately delayed his surgery so that they wouldn't have to uh, activate him. Like, I think that's a little bit of a different situation. Um, Which is nuts too. Like delaying a guy's surgery for the salary cap. He just got to like chill being hurt. Like It's kind of crazy, but I yeah. think, this series is going to actually be very close because Vegas's goaltending is questionable, but Bruce Cassidy is a fantastic coach. And then on the other side of it, you have Connor Hellebuck, who is also probably going to be nominated for the Vesna and is also the reason his team is in the playoffs. Him and Ilya Sorokin would have great coffees together. Um, but I think that's a huge factor because we've seen Connor Hellebuck win playoff series. And so... I look at that and I'm like, there's a distinct possibility of that happening. You've also got Nikolai Ehlers. How is he going to be used? Is he going to be a third line player? Is he going to be on the first power play unit? We don't actually know. Is he going to be um, used correctly or incorrectly is basically how we should. Right. Yeah. And when is Mark Stone going to play? The other thing I wanted to point out is in terms of atmosphere, this is going to be the best playoff series we have. Vegas's mm -hmm. atmosphere is wild and Winnipeg's is the best in the league in the playoffs outside of the Montreal Canadiens who aren't in the playoffs. So for me, I look at this and I'm like, the home ice advantage is a thing here, but Connor Hellebuck just has this knack and all he's got to do is steal one game in Vegas. Um, 
for for them to have a chance. So I think this is a really tightly matched series. And without knowing what Mark Stone's status is, I think I might take Winnipeg. Wow. Wow. Bold. Bold from Rachel Dory over here. Um, all right. And then finally rounding this out, Minnesota and Dallas, which, uh, you know, you look on it, uh, you, you would think just based on like the sort of reputations that the teams have had in recent years, you know, seems like a low key series. You know, it's Minnesota and Dallas. But man, you look at the talent involved in this. There's a lot there. This could be a very interesting uh, little marathon we got going on here. Yeah, this is one of those series. First of all, you've got like the history side of it, which is the fact mm. that the, like the Dallas Stars used to be the Minnesota hockey yep. team. So there's always that natural rivalry there. Um, but the question is, can Minnesota neutralize Dallas? Dallas has some face-off plays. Dallas is very good offensively. Miro Haskinen really took a step another one this year um dallas is deeper up front like the emergence of wyatt johnston has been incredible dallas is very clearly deeper on the back end i mean they have miro haskinen that's pretty much all you got to know about that one thomas Mm. harley is going to be able to step in if they need him and dallas has a clear edge and goal right you've got philip gustafson and obviously mark andre fleury in Minnesota, but Jake Ottinger, I mean, we saw what he did against Calgary last year. He won Dallas. He was the only reason. He was the only reason they got to game seven. Exactly. So the question is, is can Minnesota neutralize Jason Robertson, Rupa Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Wyatt Johnston? Like there are so many weapons and Dallas is just so deep that I do wonder if the third and fourth lines of Minnesota can handle them because Mm -hmm. I mean, Minnesota is really like a top six team and then like nothing after that. And I think that could be an issue for the wild in this series. So I'm going to take Dallas. I do think it's a long series though. Yeah, I think this will be a a sort of like knockdown, drag them out type of series. But Dallas, I mean, I was turned from a, like this season has turned me, I literally wrote a column at the, like before the, the season even started, right when they were, just like they were still waffling on on basically giving bridge deals to their two best players and ottinger and and uh robertson i'm like this is a weirdly built team like i don't get it and they've completely changed my mind like i i dallas stars they're doing great um well i think the rebound of of ben and sagan has oh been a ben in particular no one no one saw that coming like no like jamie ben basically returning to his old self after three four years of like lackluster borderline like troubling production it's pretty remarkable so this will be fun this will be a fun series and i mean i think it really like you like it goes with everything it comes down to goal and ba- like i think jake ottinger kind of he's he's the better option of either of the two uh two wild goalies so there aren't many goalies in the league that i would take over jake ottinger like obviously we talked about a few of them hellebuck sorokin shesterkin probably vasilevsky yeah. like Okay, but there aren't many. Jake Ottinger has kind of flown under the radar. He is a really top-end goalie. The U.S. and the Russians are producing some serious goaltending right now. Um, And so I think you just kind of have to give the nod to Ottinger in this case, and, and therefore Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, those are the first round series. They are all teed up. Um, so happy watching, please bet responsibly as always, but this, like we said, this is the best, uh, this is the best time of, I would say on the sports calendar. So just enjoy it. This is, this is, uh, this is just a blast.